When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We live for another day. Hello, stars and NHL fans. It's Spits and Suds, a victory edition of Spits and Suds after... Post game number four, I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shots, D Magazine. His book is out. It's called We Win Here. He was selling massive amounts of copies the other night at the AAC. He's our friend, Sean Shapiro, currently staged in the press box, just got out of the locker room. What was the room like? Take us in there, Sean. Yeah, it was uh, definitely uh, a moment of relief because right now, obviously, the next loss ends the season, right? One more loss yeah. in, in, against Vegas ends the season. So moment of relief, a moment of uh, kind of not, not like mission accomplished at all, but just kind of like, Hey, this is who we are. You just kind of get that feeling of like this is from the stars. Like they came from this game feeling we played the game. We could play. We got the result we deserved that maybe we didn't get earlier in the series. And you know what? They earned a trip to Vegas and you go from there. And it's it's kind of the best case scenario that you could obviously take from this. Obviously, you, you, the worst case scenario is the season's over. So it's pretty easy to, to look at the other side. But um, just from the post game and the way you look at it, um, it was definitely a uh, mentality is in the right place. And obviously, it's still such an improbable I, I don't want to say impossible, but it's still such an improbable mountain to climb. But for the team mentality and the psyche, you at least see the right approach right now to at least make this interesting and and give us a fun way to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, t- I tweeted right after the game. That's a big win for this franchise. Beautiful effort tonight. Yeah. And, and here's why I say that, Sean, because all day the talk on my radio stations were the following, how low the ticket prices were going and how you could get a really good seat for a, a great amount for a Western Conference final. And then we had the Jamie Benn situation and that was the talk. So I think a terrific effort tonight for the boys to kind of put that adversity to the side, to rally. Um, you know, you could tell the the effort was there tonight. The legs were there. Um, just checking over some uh, stats. The face-off wins came back, which is, you know, what the Stars pride themselves on, being one of the top face-off draw teams in the league. Uh, two for two on the power play. So uh, a lot of the bounces that weren't necessarily going for you in the previous games – and most importantly, Sean, a win in OT. So that yeah. kind of gets off your back. First, uh, right, first ever overtime playoff win of Jake Ottinger's career, which is obviously yeah. a big first, uh, first thing that you need. And then um, the Stars, who had not won one yet in this postseason, two losses in OT against Vegas, and then obviously had the uh, struggles in overtime throughout the regular season. So big, big monkey off the back type feeling on this one. And, uh, it was, uh, I mean, I will say this, like for a team down three Oh, I, I really wondered if, uh, I, 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 I really wondered if we would see a bit of a living funeral for lack of a better word on this. Like, I wondered if this team would come in and just like, I know, them having lost Jamie Benton for this game and the next game and how things went last game and kind of the stakes of it, um, of, of where they were. I mean, 
I thought there was a real possibility this could have been an ugly one. This could have been the Vegas just put them out of their misery, and they did the opposite. And they believed in all of that 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 jazz and everything. And on top of that, give credit to the people in the building here tonight, the fans. Like it didn't feel like a team that was down three zero. Like for the people I know, there was some talk about throughout the day about ticket prices and all that yeah. stuff and everything. But for the people that were here and the people that were in the building, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like the stars were down three. Oh, they made it feel like it was so kudos there too. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't want to go into the off season and, and, and trust us, we want them to win Saturday night as well. No, of We'd course. Yeah. 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 Of course. Back into the series, but I just felt, and that was some of the chatter that I was talking about today is that, I didn't want to go into the off season this way. And, you know, it just, just, I I feel like stars nation can take a breath now and say, okay, you know, we've earned our way, as you say, to go back to uh, Vegas. It's going to be a a, a tall task, but uh, one game at a time. Also great to see Joe Pavelski, his leadership in the room, what he's done all season. I mean, just a, just a, a wonderful one timer and overtime. I mean, Oh, that's a, such a veteran move, Sean, as far as where he placed that one time or going against the grain Hill was coming over to his side. And, you know, it was just a special, special play. And, you know, they were, they were creating some real havoc and, you know, I got to give credit to like, uh, Olofsson, uh, a guy that hasn't played since, uh, April basically. Mm-hmm. And he's practicing with the team and it's just, while he while he didn't score, he certainly made a lot happen. That fourth line was kind of agitating Vegas and, you know, really pressing them in their own zone. So I thought it was a lot of great individual efforts. Um, I wanted to I wanted to start with the lineups. How did you feel about the lines? Obviously, they won. But how did you feel about the lines? Did you think at any point that maybe Maverick Bork would get a shot? I wondered if you would like I did I did I did wonder if the possibility if, if they would try to bring in a more offensive minded player to fit because DeBoer has a history of doing a little bit more of like for like when it comes to roles um, like the spot where um, the fact that you had a second line tonight of Kiviranta, Domi and Delandria that to me is not much of a that's that's not really an offense. That that's not a line that's scaring anyone offensively, and so I thought maybe we could see Maverick Bork come in and everything like that. And uh, I asked Pete DeBoer about it yesterday, and Pete mentioned that he it's the space where who gives us the best chance to win? Do you go with the guy who you've called up? Do you go with the guy who's been with us all year? And obviously they they felt that this was not the time for Bork. Um, I thought we might see it. Um, I think. Some of the guys who were in that spot where Bork could have been performed well. I thought Kiviranta and Delandria were both good. Yep. Um, Olofsson actually was much better. Like, um, for for Olofsson's game, I was he surprised me from from his level of play. I almost thought Bork might even be a better option than Olofsson simply because Olofsson, as you said, hasn't played since like April. Like yeah. Bork, Bork at least has played hockey. Absolutely. And but Olafson came in with energy, played well. He nearly won it in regulation. Yeah. How, how how much of a story? How how about that pot potential oh. story? So, um, it's uh, I mean, I, I think one thing to quickly go back to, and just one of the reasons you have these lineup changes, obviously the Evgeny Dadanov injury, then the other one is obviously the Jamie Ben suspension, and Jamie Ben is suspended now, was suspended for Game Four, and now will also be suspended for Game Five, and. It's something the stars are being very careful in how they phrase it in media availabilities and everything like that, because like it was a bad play. Everyone knows it was a bad play. It was a very external. It was an external embarrassment, like very bad. But internally, they've pivoted it to win one for Jamie, win it for Jamie so he can play again. And I know it's it's not a, a motive and something that anyone from the stars will want to say publicly out loud they're 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 choosing their words very carefully when discussing it because they don't want to look like they're co-signing the action that caused it but it is a rallying cry it is an inside of this team we've talked about jamie ben we talked about how much they'll follow this follow him to the end of the earth they're trying to set it up so they can follow him to the end of the earth in game six 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They almost they used it as a rallying cry, which is, you know, kind of fascinating. ESPN, I don't you probably couldn't hear it, Sean was harping all night. How would Jamie Ben feel as they yeah. go to overtime? How does Jamie Ben? And I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, I appreciate it. He's the captain and everything like that, but I, I just thought that you know the rest of the team, you know, did a great job. That that was the focus. Uh Miro Heishkinen, uh just over 30 minutes tonight. Brilliant. Uh, his, his time on ice just continues to amaze me, uh, his calmness. Uh, I actually thought defensively, uh, they played pretty well getting out of their zone. The one thing that continues to happen, Sean, is kind of the breakdown in front of the net as far as losing your man. We saw that with a, a goal with Suter tonight and, uh, Robertson, uh, again, on the first, uh, Vegas goal or two, two opportunities where, you know, kind of lose track of your man for, I don't want to say easy tap-ins, yeah. but easy goals. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, um, well, I mean, Suter, the Suter one, let's, um, well, that was the second goal. So let's talk about the first goal, I guess, first. Um, the the first goal, I, you, you look at that one and it is a, it's not the tap-in to me that created that goal. It's, it's Vegas loves the cutback within within their system. Vegas is a big team, is big on on entering the zone, doing the quick cutback and allowing forwards to enter with speed and then you kind of hit the cutter. It's almost like a uh it's it's very similar to kind of creating like a a basketball a basketball style offense when when the, when they're in transition. And um I obviously Carlson gets the tip at the end here, but for me this entire goal is created where uh, Nicholas Roy, Nicholas Waugh enters the slot with speed, enters the zone with speed, cuts back. Riley Smith cuts through the zone, and it's uh, and, and he uh, and he's able to and he's able to kind of get the shot that, that that Carlson tips in. That one is I'm not as concerned about the uh, the guy in front of the net on that one. That one I'm more concerned about. No one picking up Smith as he goes through. Now the second goal, the Ryan Suter goal, yeah. and I had someone. Uh, Another uh, hockey writer texted me, um, Ken, good friend of mine, Ken, Ken Wieben, who, who, is, who covers the Winnipeg Jets. He texted me right after that goal. And to give, uh, I thought Ken's uh, classification of it was perfectly. He said, uh, he said he texted me right after they said, uh, Suter not having his head on a swivel has been a problem this series. He's in position, but he's never locating anyone. And it was just, it's a perfect way to look at it because like Suter was actually in the right spot. On yeah. The he, he didn't lose the guy. He just wasn't looking like, no, no. <laughs> like it's just like, it's, it's like the weirdest thing where it's like, like he's in the right spot, but he didn't like his feet and his body were in the right spot. Just yeah. like the, uh, the game two, the game two goal where he had the turnover first and then uh, for the turnover first, which was egregious, but then he was actually in the right spot to defend uh, the pass for Michael, but just didn't locate the puck and just lost it. Like it's, it's something that's kind of, it's 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 a weird spot like like it would almost yeah. be like because it's just like like he's 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 actually been in the right spot the issue of him being old and slow isn't the issue it's he's because he's in the right spots he's just not processing it <laughs> <laughs> so, so. yeah no, absolutely i thought both goalies were terrific tonight uh, I thought it was a, oh, yeah. A, a, yeah. a fun game. If you're a hockey purist, it was a terrific game to uh, watch. So when the Stars scored, finally, it broke 117 minutes and 33 seconds of scoreless hockey for the Stars. 58 straight saves for Aiden Hill. Hey, before this series, Sean, I was I remembered Aiden Hill as a Phoenix Coyote slash Arizona Coyote somewhat of a San Jose shark, but mostly as a coyote. And I remember him being a, a big body, but I just didn't feel as though, you know, I would expect to see him performing like he has in the Western conference finals. He's been really impressive. Yeah. He's been really good. I mean, the fact of the matter that like he was really good tonight, he just like, he played well enough to deserve the win. I thought in the second yeah. period, Dallas could have, uh, they could have taken control of that game even further in the second period. He played really well. Uh, he had the, the, Glove save, the big glove save on Robertson going right to left, his right to left for the, on the one timer. Um, the, uh, he was with what he's done after stepping, he's basically their fourth string goalie. Like it's, it's really impressive. And I, um, 
the thing that I like about him that I really liked, that's been the thing that, that he's done is he's been incredibly calm and net. And I feel like that wasn't something I saw in his game before. Mm-hmm. And that could be either, and it's not a technique technique thing. It's more of a composure thing. And maybe it's in playing with confidence. Maybe he did something. I, either way, there's a calmness about his game that wasn't there um, when he was with Arizona. You know, what, one of the things I loved is with Jamie Ben's absence, you know, one of the questions was which star is going to step up or can any of them step up? Really loved how Jason Robertson answered the bell. And, you know, we've talked about this and I'm so happy because, you know, Jason Robertson going into the dirty areas. And the reason I say that is because his stick work is just set such a high level as, as well as his puck presence, knowing where to be the first goal, taking it out of mid air, the second goal, creating the opportunity, go against the post loops around the net and is there for the tap in. I mean, just two very, very talented goals, but very close to Aiden Hill. And that's where I think Jason Robertson to get off that scoring snide could be really effective. Yeah. He, I mean, the first goal was just, playing fun right like yes. that, that's that's now let's also, yeah let's also talk about why it happened though because one of the things you talk one of the things out of necessity the stars changed their power play tonight the stars changed the look on the power play um because with jamie ben being out um they no longer had jamie ben as the net front man normally it's jamie ben in the net front and joe pavelski in that inner slot and they can kind of rotate in and out and Jason Robertson is kind of on that face-off circle and a lot runs through him. So with Ben out and Sagan coming in, they took Robertson off of that, uh, that face-off dot spot where he normally is and where they try to create a lot of shots for him, instead putting him down in the net front role. And so that was a change that was completely necessitated by Ben being out. And so Rope Hintz went where Robertson normally is. Sagan went where Hintz normally goes. And so complete credit to Robertson for stepping into a role that he, of course he can play. He's an elite talent and around the net, but a spot where he hasn't been, that's not the spot he normally plays on the power play. And it's a play where um, he steps into that spot. The team adjusts and even, and it's a goal that's almost created by Ben's absence. And I'm not saying that like, I don't think Jamie Ben makes that play. Like, like uh, Jamie Ben is a, is, has, it's not that he couldn't make that play, but I don't, I think Jason Robertson is in that spot and makes that play. And I don't know if Jamie Ben makes that play. So it's a, you talk about an adjustment on the power play. You talk about a, a trickle down impact of the Ben suspension and where it all goes. And that's there. And Robertson did more around the net in general. I mean, Robertson tonight had 11, hit 11 shots. So I'm looking at it. He was, he was he was great tonight. Like over all yeah. over throughout the game, um, the he should have scored. He he almost scored twice. He had eleven shots, and because shots that hit the post don't count as shots, that doesn't include the shot that hit the post right before he scored the second goal. His second goal, because um, he hit the post, he beat Aiden Hill um, on, on that sequence. There, um, this is one of those, and I, I wrote the terminology on this. Like this is one of those games. If the stars pull off the improbable. If they do it, this is one of those games of legend. This is one of those games where it will be like this Jason Robertson. This will be one of those games 10, 15 years from now. People will look at and be like, this is what Jason Robertson did to set the stage for the stars to do the impossible. And that's what this game was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A real nice start for them as well as far as uh, legs, 13 of 18 faceoff wins in the first period. I thought that was really important. Um, really kind of took it to Vegas and, uh, you know, I mean, Vegas, uh, I thought had the better of the uh, third period, but, uh, you know, at the same time, the stars hung in there and had some chances to win it in the third. It was just a, a kind of a back and forth game. Um, I thought there was a big point that won't necessarily, well, it kind of will show up on the stat sheet, Sean, but Vegas had an important power play in the, uh, uh, second, uh, tied to Landria took an unnecessary penalty in the offensive oh, yeah. zone. Jeez. Yeah. Just hacking yeah. the stick out of Hague. Um, but no shots on goal in that power play. And I thought that said a lot. And yeah. I think one of the keys moving forward in this series is Vegas does such a good job, Sean, of keeping the stars to the outside. And when the stars can, 
curl back and get in the inside and get in front of Aiden Hill, I think that's where the damage can happen. So hopefully Pete DeBoer and his team sees that. And I know that's easier said than done um, because shots on goal alone. I mean, just from the slot or whatever, you know, you might catch a rebound or whatever, but you know, you saw most of the scoring chances came in tight for both teams. Yeah, you did. And the, uh, the, uh, one of the things that I think the stars started going to, we saw a little bit with Robertson, uh, Olafson had a couple chances this way too. The stars, I, I like the stars worked low to high a lot better this game overall. Um, and some of that was working on uh, shooting directly from there. There's a couple more wraparound attempts and wraparounds to me are a play that they're like a tool in the bag that if you have them, you use them to build something else. And I think the stars did that where they created some chances near the post. They pressured Aiden Hill that way. And then they also got more of those. It opened up more space for the, uh, to get that pass to the uh, up high to create the second, to create that shot that could be tipped or that shot that could create traffic. And I think that's something that Dallas will definitely take from this going forward of that's how you, you get keeps going. That's how you're going to put pressure on Vegas and Vegas for their, you look at their offense. I mean, Ottinger, I think something that it's going to get, it's going to get lost in all this um, in this game because of the goals and, and everything like that. But the save that, and cause he didn't actually catch it. It will get lost and it won't make the same highlight reel, but I thought Ottinger's save with uh, at 1545 in the third period, I wrote it down. Uh, on, on Nicholas Waugh, where he he makes the save there and he goes off the cuff of the glove and up to the netting. Like that save to me is that save is a season saving save. That right there is it won't make the highlight reel because he didn't actually catch it. He just deflected it up. But that right there is a, a season saving save. I now say the part that I say sometimes, get me back on track. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get our Twitter listeners involved then. <laughs> You've had a long day, my man. Uh, all right. Jordan Harper uh, sent this to us in the third period. Your best players had to be your best players in Ottinger and Robertson. Uh, we are off to overtime. And then he says, what an incredible effort by 24 on the power play to give Pavelski that chance. I agree. I think yeah. while he won't necessarily show up, as much as Robertson on the score sheet, I thought uh, we saw some uh, vintage Rupe hints. You know, I thought this was the first game in this series, Sean, where I can actually say, okay, the Stars used their speed or got some breakouts. I was actually wrote down at one point, had they lost this game, I was going to ask you, when in this series can you remember when the Stars showcase their speed which is one of their advantages but i was glad to see as the game moved along uh it seemed as though the stars kind of got their legs and showed and, yeah. uh you know even even bruce cassidy pointed it out in an interview he's like we got to stop these stretch passes yeah no they, they they started using their speed more um i actually thought i didn't expect olafson to to add to the way he did i thought um olafson kind of you looked at you look across hints came with speed tonight. Um, I don't think they had the greatest offensive chances, but that Domi Kivy Ron to Delandria line was pretty annoying. How they played, um, obviously Delandria drew the drew Delandria draws the vital penalty in overtime that sets up the power play that kind of makes up for the uh, Radulovian esque uh, idiocy in the first period. <laughs> but the uh, uh, I thought. Johnston brought some speed tonight. And then even that, that, that fourth line where Fox and Glenn Denning aren't burners, but Olofsson looked really fast. Yeah, he like, did. I thought, like, like he was really good. And now, I mean, part of that may be first time he's playing since April, he's playing on an adrenaline high and everything like that. But I really liked his game tonight. I, I did mean, too. It, it was, it was uh, overall, like I thought they, I think the stars came with speed and they handled speed well. And the other thing that really, um, with handling Vegas's speed tonight, I thought Ottinger did a better job handling the puck tonight. Um, the uh, game two is like, sorry, game three is such a weird wash, right? Where like Ottinger was only in for six minutes or whatever it was, and and uh, and the game was over from the start, so it's really hard. But like, I thought compared to game one and two, the last two games, Ottinger actually played the full sixty plus. 
I thought tonight he did a much better job handling the puck, um, going back and setting pucks up for his defenseman to get out. And I think that helped negate some of Vegas' speed that we saw um, earlier in the series, too. Cameron Teague at CTL, uh, CTL life wish, I guess. Do you make any changes in the lineup for game five? Marchman looks lost and we still have some major issues on the back end. That being said, they surprised me with this win. I will say, I thought there were some tough games in the lineup tonight. Marchman and Domi, I thought kind of struggled. I, I, I mean, I don't have as much of a, I didn't have as many, as many issues with Domi's game, actually. Uh, I mean, Marchman was kind of, I, I didn't really see much out of Marchment. Um, Domi, to me, didn't play a great offensive game, but I thought he was much better in the. He was much better in kind of a lot of categories we don't normally expect Max Domi to be. I thought he was actually de- pretty decent defensively. Um, so I, I disagree with on Domi, but Marchment was like. If you had told me Mason Marchman played this game, I wouldn't believe you. Like, like, yeah. that, that, like that's like he was a, he was a complete passenger. But Domi, I I, I would disagree on Domi because I think okay. Domi, I think Domi, Domi was better than 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 it showed. Um, and uh, I, but Marchman completely agree. Marchman has was I saw nothing out of Marchman tonight. I, I just want to. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he can't get to the front of the net, but I mean, I, I kind of like it when Domi is in that position. And, um, but I'm glad you saw it that way. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You know? yeah no, I like, mean, like the whole thing is like, like I look at Domi where I look at Domi's game where it wasn't the typical Max Domi game, right? Where, but it was still a good game. Like, and I think it's, I think that's important where you can, if you can adjust, if when certain things aren't working, if you can adjust the other parts of your game or step up in other ways. I think that's important. I think Domi did that tonight. So Okay. Question from at GJ Spittle. That's Gavin Spittle, co-host <laughs> of this to Sean Shapiro. <laughs> did you spit out your drink? <laughs> um, so I'm not saying this is going to happen, but as you mentioned, George Paros in the building, okay? Yep. NHL decision making it a two-game suspension happened hours after the Jamie Benn press conference. Yeah. Jamie Ben did not show remorse in any way. In fact, by saying falling and supporting himself with his stick, I actually thought made situation worse. The question becomes, Sean, do you think Peros and NHL player safety looks at that press conference and says there's no remorse there? In fact, we don't like what he said. I'm not saying they would have added a game because of that but I'm sure it didn't help matters. I don't think it hurt, but it didn't help. Okay. And I think that's the, I think what we got. And so the hearing, um, and I wrote something about this today in the hearing, Jim Nill was present for the hearing and Jim Nill basically played the lawyer for Jamie Ben, basically was the one representing his client and doing all that stuff. And, um, I don't know if I don't I don't think Ben showing essentially no remorse publicly would have would have I don't think it would have added a game, but I do think if Ben and the stars had handled this more smoothly from the top of just like literally going back to the aftermath of game three and Ben just coming out and the podium and being like, Hey, I I feel bad about this and I'm sorry. And I hope Mark Stone's okay. There's a natural human inclination that you at least start to get into the mind of George Peros in a more positive way. And they basically, and, and, and Jamie Ben's actions basically denied that from happening. I feel like a two game suspension was deserved and maybe mm-hmm. no matter what, it was going to be a two game suspension, but the minuscule odds you had of making it a one game suspension were basically thrown out with the way that, Jamie Ben handled the public perception of his yeah. feelings about this. Yeah, and I think the public perception we could talk about that. I didn't. I didn't want to make tonight's podcast about oh, that. No, but it, but, but, but it is. It is a storyline though. It's fair though. It absolutely. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the public perception. I mean, personally, it frustrated me that I, I'm not saying you have to gush 
remorseful, but to say that, you know, you were falling down, that just, to me, uh, all I'm saying is, and maybe this is too far, Sean, but when I hear Stars fans saying that player's dirty, I can say, well, we have a team person on our team that makes some dirty plays too. That's all. I mean, I, I know, I know, yeah. I know, but that's yeah. how I feel. That's truly how I feel. I'm not like an anti-Ben guy, but I just thought that play was dirty and I just didn't, I didn't like it, but it was a dirty play. I mean, yeah. it, it was a dirty play and Jamie has towed the line throughout yes, his career. Has. Like, Absolutely. like, I mean, he's been like, this is, I'm not, this is not my opinion right here. This is just fact. He has been fined four times in his career. That which is a perfect example to me of someone who knows how to toe the line. Because if you're getting fined, you're doing the things on the edge where they're being noticed, but you're not going so far that you are um, getting the hearings like that happened on this play. I mean, whether whether you want to argue intent or whatever, but like during the 2021 season, a similar play, a Jamie Ben cross check led to a season ending injury for Dylan Larkin. Yeah. That, 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 that's a fact, whether, whether you want to talk about intent or not, but just as a fact that it was a play featuring Jamie Ben ended another player season. So for Ben, the whole thing about this situation um, is, and I mean, he's lucky this happened when he's 30, three or I don't know if he's 30. I think he's, I know I know his birthday's in July. So he'll be 34 in July. He's lucky this happened when he was 33 and it didn't happen earlier in his career, but this is the play that loses the benefit of the doubt in the future, right? Like th- this is the spot. Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where once something comes out, once you open Pandora's box, you can't close it again. Um, like people like think about Corey Perry, right? Where Corey Perry, there's calls that go against Corey Perry because he's Corey Perry, there's Corey Perry doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Jamie Ben was still at the point of his career where he was still getting the benefit of the doubt on things. And he heard a lot of that goodwill. And so if you see, like, just, just think of like at some point next season, if you see Jamie, if Jamie Ben tussles up with a guy and, 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 and Jamie Ben gets the extra penalty, refs don't forget this either hockey fans aren't going to miss that play refs are going to remember that play it's just it's it's bad for business for jamie when it comes to being able to say like i'm an innocent so yeah 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 i i agree okay uh oleg uh says nobody sweeps us nobody in capital i agree uh nathaniel that's factual at this point uh will the stars ever lose ot game in the playoffs again and he puts in parentheses just in case this goes to OT and they actually win. Well, there you go. Um, we can answer that. Um, yeah. They will not at least lose until Saturday. We can promise you that. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, Belfour's Billions, who always chimes in. Going back to game three, sorry. Is there a policy in the AAC against showing replays of penalties? One of the reasons the crowd got so unruly is that the penalties were never replayed, so people didn't see exactly what happened. Uh, let me chime in here, Sean, because mm-hmm. that's pretty prevalent in most stadiums where replays are selective, so to speak. You're not going to yes. see everything. Yeah. Um, that happens at Cowboys games. That happens at Rangers games. Certainly happens at Stars games. I will tell you, as a person who was in the building, I did have a perspective. I saw the play leading up to it, and um, you could almost predict that it was going to happen. Uh, I don't know if it would have prevented it completely. However, when you do see that replay, I think stars fans would have said, yep, that's a penalty. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's game ops is not journalism, right? Like that's, that's something I think people need to realize. Like I don't actually game ops is bias. Game ops is rah, rah. Let's wave the flag. Game ops is cheerleaders. So I don't, I actually, that, that's that's the reason you don't see the replays. That's the reason you'll see if maybe if there's a bad penalty against the other team, you'll see the replay. But like, I I actually I don't mind them not showing replays because I think part of game ops job is to a entertain fans. That's that's first job, and then B is to try to create as much of a home ice advantage as possible. And 
if you can pivot the fans now, I, I don't want people ever throwing things on the ice. Like that's inexcusable. That's the, obviously I don't yeah. want that, but like, but if you can pivot the fans to refuse suck, refuse suck, right? Like if you can pivot the fans to that, as opposed to saying stars, you suck, you've won the day, right? Like, like I think in game three, basically you have the choice of in game three, you could have been, are you angry at the Dallas stars or are you angry at the refs and game ops did their best to pivot by not showing replays to pivot it, to be angry at the officials. It sucks for the officials. And I think that officials, I mean, that's such a, like they deserve more credit than they get sometimes because sometimes when, when they, when they call a great game, no one ever says anything. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 Um, but Which tonight they called it, a really good game. They did. They did. Like, so it's, so I, I, I don't, um, I don't mind the lack of replay because I understand that game ops are about entertainment and the home team. They are not about showing a full sided story. <laughs> yep. No, you completely make sense uh, on that. Uh, narrator RN. At Pops SXV, I'd like to give the Twitter handles out. Did Ben speak to the team before he left after Game Three? Did you, did you find that out? Um, as in, like after uh, on Game Three, you mean? Or yeah, I guess I, when the team came in the room, did he say something before leaving? I'm guessing he would. I don't know the whole answer to that because it's been they were very coy about that. I do know. Um, I talked to Ottinger tonight after the game. Um. I do know that Ben was not, there was no rah, rah, Jamie Ben in the locker room moment before the game tonight. He was just like any other healthy scratch who was not there. Like when, when the stars, um, healthy scratches, a suspended player like Ben's case, they take part in morning skate. They they're there for the meetings in the morning, but, um, they're basically just spectators once the evening comes around and, that's how Ben was. There was no coming into the locker room before the game tonight. Um, as far as after game three, I don't know exactly what that was because it's a space where the players were, I mean, it's, it's no one really wants to relive what happened after that. Yeah. And it's that, just to be fair on that. So yeah, agree. Uh, Robbie at Rob Vias. Nice little username. What's the read on Marchman? He's been the weakest link in the middle six in my eyes. Olofsson and Kiviranta, on the other hand, look more ready to perform in his spot if asked to do so. We 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 mentioned Mason Marchman. I thought he uh, came around in the Seattle series, but yeah, he's he's had a tough series. And I mean, but at the same time, when you're in the Western Conference Finals, when you're about to enter Game Five, you know your changes, I believe, are limited at this point. Yeah, and I, I don't think bringing like I, I don't see a solution that includes taking Marchment out of the lineup. That's the other thing where um, I like I would like to see more from Marchment, but I also don't see a solution that says take Mason Marchment out of the lineup either. Yeah, absolutely. Chev yeah. Chelios, who's a big Spits and Suds guy. Thank you so much. Okay, then. How about a suitor buyout after the season now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is good. Trading for the ghost of Stefan Robida <laughs> would be an upgrade over keeping Ryan Suter on this roster for 2024. All right. Here's some good hashtags, Sean. No, man. Hashtag liability. Hashtag kindly leave. Hashtag launch him into the sun. Hashtag spits and suds. Hashtag turn it on, leave it on. Hashtag Dallas Stars. <laughs> he included hashtag launch him into the sun and kindly leave at the same time. Yeah, like and he got all the stuff. He got them all right. Yeah. <laughs> there was proper spacing. I mean, grammatically, yeah. it looks terrific. <laughs> That's uh, you mean, deserve the first star, Chef. <laughs> I mean, the whole the suitor, the suitor things, and you and I will. Hopefully the stars pull off the impossible and we don't have to talk about this until, and, ho and hopefully we don't have to talk about this till June, but I feel like we can have a very nuanced Ryan Suter based discussion in June. Yeah. And I, I hope that discussion is like June 20th because like, right. I, I like, I hope the stars go and do something crazy here so we can have that discussion like in late June. But yeah. either, but either we will have that discussion, Chev. I promise we will. And but it's right now, like 
it's let's see what happens and get let's see what happens Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, the the picture of Chev, I wouldn't drop the mitts with Chev. I love you, but I wouldn't drop you the mitts with you. Um, yeah. All right, Brew Boy twenty three. Can't wait to listen in the morning. Uh, thank you so much for supporting and listening to Spits and Suds. Truly appreciate you, Brew Boy. Uh, Sam Green at Spamiel Green. Hopefully, I'm not too late. Nope. I was wondering if Sean could break down the NHL player safety review. Like, is it in a zoom meeting or something? And then do they sit there and do a back and forth? Can Jamie uh, have gotten one and said, well, that's not fair. And they responded fine too. <laughs> that's great. Man, I'll tell you, you guys are on yeah. fire tonight. I'm loving you guys. Yeah. So I can give you an idea of how it works. Um, and, and I know this because they, um, I'm trying to, I, I unfortunately can't remember which player broke it down for me the right way. But um, so one of the things they do at the NHL, like each year they do the NHL rookie symposium where they bring in um, some of the, uh, some of the guys who are recent first round picks and they bring them into uh, and like, it's typically in the New York area. It's, I think they do it at where the devils play. Like they'll bring in like one player, at least one player from each of the 32 teams. And they'll do like some tops trading card pictures and they'll do a bunch of shit like that. Right. Sorry. Language. Uh, but they, uh, All right. But it's a the, podcast. It's in the, uh, we're not on the air. Right. So no. uh, we're, but um, one of the things they'll do is NHL player safety will come in and go through a video with them and, and have the rookies break it down. And I, I'm really drawn a blank on which player it's someone who it may have been delandria i'm not sure but someone who has been a, at this rookie symposium in the last four to five years explained this so basically how it works is um this one was on zoom or team microsoft teams or whatever whatever video conferencing serve uh service they're using for the nhl right now um because George Peros was actually in, it was Wednesday. George Peros was in, in uh, Florida for the Carolina, Florida game. Um, and the only way you ever get an in-person hearing is if you're going to be suspended for at least four games. Um, so if that's the only way you get an in-person hearing and you can waive the in-person hearing, but that's the only way you're getting in-person. Otherwise it's going to be over video. And so to set the stage for people, for how it works, this was Jim Nill and Jamie Ben sitting down, um, probably in Frisco. I don't know if it was there Frisco in Dallas, but I'm assuming it was Frisco probably in Jim Nill's office in Frisco and on a zoom with George Peros, they show the play and then they ask, they basically show the play and they say, Hey, this is the play we're reviewing. We're reviewing it for potential suspension. And then they say, is there anything you'd like to tell us? And that is when Jamie Jamie Ben, and from my understanding of how this conversation went, Jim Nill basically kind of stepping in as his attorney type voice to mm -hmm. kind of to help give better answers than he gave to the media. Um, basically explaining, hey, this is what happened. You see this here. And the issue with this case um, for the issue with this case for Ben and it's is he had no there was no explanation for it, right? Like there's no, there's not, there's not excusing it. There's not even the, not enough of the game had even happened to try to apply the, Oh, Mark stone slashed me 10 minutes earlier. Like nothing, like there was not, a, there was no, like the video spoke for itself and so did the whole situation. So, but so basically it's Jim Nill, Jamie Ben on a zoom with George Peros and, or in whatever video service. Right. And, Jamie gets the chance to kind of explain what happened from his perspective. They go back and they don't really go back and forth, but players safe to be like, okay. And they might ask some like clarifying questions of like, Hey, you saw when you did this, why did you do this? And, and, um, and so that's kind of how it all, all, all shakes down. And the, uh, from my understanding on the whole Ben suspension, the stars knew from the top that he was going to be gone for this game that was not going to change at all. Um, but they, uh, the thing they feared, which turned out to be true was where Ben cross-checked stone was the difference between one game and two games. The stars thought maybe they could get him down to one game, but player safety came in right away and said, basically, look, 
you cross check the guy in the shoulder, the neck area near the head. Like you can't do that. This is a, like, we have to, you can't, you can't go after player's head. I was talking to a, I was talking to a good friend of mine about this who has a 13 year old, has a 13 year old kid who was, who, uh, 13, who's telling me the story about his 13 year old son who saw the play. And it's when the 13 year old says like, well, he hit him in the head, dad. Like that shows like how bad it is. Like it's like the league can't let it slide with the head. And so if Jamie, if Jamie Ben had cross-checked stone in the arm and the gut in the leg, maybe he gets one game, but it's with where he came down and where he attacked the player. There was no way he was getting less than two games. He's Sean Shapiro of EP ringside shop shots, and you can subscribe um, and follow Sean and I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. This is Spits and Suds. We're answering your questions. And Allison Taylor, at Allison Taylor 32 and this is what I like about Spits and Suds, is people are not afraid to ask uh, questions that hopefully we can give answers to. And uh, I was actually talking to my uh, neighbor, and uh, he was saying, uh, you know, I really didn't understand what forecheck means, and then you guys described it. So... Um, you know, for the diehard hockey fans, hopefully we're delivering great information, but I also love delivering information for the casual hockey fan because I'm all about inclusion and together we grow this great sport. So Allison asked general hockey question. I've been a casual stars fan, always dialed in for the playoffs. Why do hockey teams have in-house anthem singers? I love this while other sports don't also is finding a phrase to yell during the national anthem, a hockey thing. Where did it start? Um, so I don't know. This is a really, I don't know it's about great question. Yeah, it is. I, so the in-house anthem singers, I didn't, I guess I never thought about that. That's a really good question. I never thought about that. How obviously the stars have Selena Ray. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but there's the guy that, his nickname is the golden pipes. Cause I know they say it every time you're in Vegas, but the, the guy who does in Vegas is there. Um, I know, yeah, I know a couple teams and stars teams have always, you know, hockey teams. Sorry. I've always had, there's been a bit of a mix of, um, of in-house anthem singers. I, I, I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't know why other sports hasn't, haven't adopted it or haven't done it. Um, because, uh, I, I get why it doesn't happen in um and 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 maybe like like the NFL is different, right? Like the NFL, there's only 16 games, and oftentimes you find someone famous to sing it, right? Like, right. And and then, um, but I, I don't know why the NBA doesn't. That's a really good question, but that's not. I I don't know the answer to that. Um, as far well, as I know, the Cowboys it, do it. The Cowboys have the same national anthem every yeah. single game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the people that stand out is uh. Uh, let's see. Is it, uh, Sean, would I get this pronunciation right? Jim Cornelison of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, very popular. Yeah. I know the blues chant blues at the end of the star spangled banner. Yeah. Um, I mean the big one, the most famous one, right. Is like in Chicago, if anyone ever wants like a really fascinating hockey experience, um, go to a game at the United center and they cheer throughout the anthem. It's, it's like they, they cheer, like they just get loud during the entire anthem. They just cheer throughout the anthem. Um, there, there, there's that. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of some of these right now. I don't, so, uh, uh, so the blues do the Vegas does with Knights. Yep. When Knights comes in the star spangled bear. I mean, this is a separate podcast. No, as far I know. As talking I mean, traditions. He, I'm he, loving this. Yeah. Um, the capitals, um, the, uh, Every time the word red is said the, in Washington, they, 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 they lean heavily into the red. Um, the uh, I'm Obviously, to we know we know tradition in Detroit with the octopus, the fish yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. And then there's a couple teams who do the uh, like um, a lot of there's there's a couple teams who do the home of the like like at the end where it's like the home where it goes like home of the brave. Right. Like they'll be like it's, yep. this is where the blues do the home of the blues. There's a couple teams yep. that couple teams fans that do that um minnesota uh, does uh let's play hockey yeah but yeah 
yeah that's an, that's another one where that's but that's not part of the anthem right like i thought like <laughs> no i know yeah i love the, how I like you're like yeah i agree with you but that's kind of a reach gavin <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah it's, it's 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 but it's but it's true um yeah, I know, yeah, I know. yeah yeah um but i i think the uh i i i like the the stars one I think is, is great because I think it fits in naturally. And it's always, it's something where the couple, like it's, it's weird to me. It became such a, like, it's such an ingrained part of the anthem in my brain as someone who covered the Texas stars and the Dallas stars. So it's like, if I'm at a game and I don't hear someone yelling that part of it, it's almost very weird to me. I'm like, Oh yes. I guess, I guess there's no one here. Like, <laughs> like what's going on? So, yeah, totally. Like, it's like, it's even, also weird at like the random Texas Rangers game when someone chants stars. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. 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 Kind of caught me by surprise there. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, let's continue with the question. So many questions tonight. Love you guys. Thank you so much. We got to get Sean to bed, but we're going to continue because this is a victory celebration as the stars get rid of that overtime snide, hopefully for good and win tonight and force a game five. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ken jr. Tonight was the Robertson. We have been waiting for to see in these playoffs. Do you think we weren't going to see it this season? Um, I, I will say this about Jason Robertson based on the Calgary season. I'm sorry. The Calgary first round of the playoffs last year and the start of this playoffs, it started to creep in my mind, but now I think Jason Robertson's fine in the playoffs. I mean, he's got four goals this series. Like, I mean, like it's like game three, everyone, everyone was terrible in game three, but he was good in game one and two of this series. And if the stars had just not lost in overtime, we wouldn't have been waiting at this point. The narrative right. would have been different. So I, th I think it, I think the narrative on the narrative in Robertson's play switched um, once the series came to Vegas. It's just, unfortunately the stars lost three games in a row. So it kind of got lost in it, but um so I, I, we see, we kind of see him step up. I think tonight was, there was a window of opportunity that he really seized. And um, it's, uh, I, I really liked the way he handled the net front. We talked about it earlier. I liked how that power play goal came from him going to a space that normally Jamie Bennett occupies and him playing a little bit of that grittier, whatever, whatever you want to call it game. Yep. And, uh, I, I thought that was good. So I, I, I don't think there's an issue with quote unquote playoff Jason Robertson. I think it's uh and I think which we've but we've seen it over the last four games, not just tonight. Tyler Sagan in a bit of a slump. Um I don't know if he's in a slump. I mean I I would look at like I thought he had so he tonight, right, let's see. He had, I think he was okay tonight. Um, I think he's in a weird spot kind of in his career of what the proper expectation is for Tyler Sagan, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's a good middle six forward now. That's what he is. Like he's not a, he's not a top, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a top line guy in the league anymore um, as much as Tyler would tell me i'm wrong for saying that but like he is like like he is a he's a he's a good middle six forward and um i think he plays a pretty complete game now and i mean it's it, sagan's kind of like the thing i just keep kind of waiting for he doesn't have to do it but the thing i keep waiting for from sagan is that like statement superstar moment just like just like kind of like the reminder that he can do it yeah right like like just the whole he, he doesn't like there's times early tyler Sagan. like i always go back to and this is going to be this is a deep pull right before we're in the bubble and before the bubble season the 2019-20 season um in montreal tyler sagan has the superstar moment in overtime um, I think he toe dragged Jeff Petrie, um, toe dragged Jeff Petrie, I believe, and then goes bar down over Carey Price. And like that was one of those like signature superstar moments where it's like it was a reminder, like a, a statement from Tyler Sagan of like, I'm still here. And 
I keep kind of, I don't expect it because I don't expect that at his point of his career, but I keep waiting for that surprise moment. I keep waiting for that moment where Tyler Sagan says like, look, I'm the veteran guy who's leading now. And by the way, I still have this all world talent I can pull out in a key moment. And I just keep waiting for that. He doesn't have to, it's not something that he has to do because I think he's playing his prescribed role. Well, mm-hmm. but I want to see it. And it, it's something that I keep kind of that I, that I just keep kind of keep waiting for. And we haven't seen yet. yet. Yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, Jed Irwin says missed you tonight. So we met Jed uh, on Tuesday uh, during the intermission. Turns out he sits in my section and he was a spits and suds guy. So it's super awesome. cool. Awesome. Uh, he's, awesome. he's like, man, he's like, man, I've been, I've been watching, like seeing you go down the stairs for years. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know. Well, I got a face for radio, my friend, uh, Chris at massacre of ants, uh, which one player each of you would like to see in a stars uniform next year. One player you think won't be in Dallas next year, Chris, I promise you, we're not yeah. blowing you off on that. We will answer that as soon as the season ends with one of our podcasts. But yeah. uh, really appreciate your support. It's an excellent question, and I promise you we're going to get to it. Uh, Callahan Irwin at Cal Irwin 1 says, Stars win in overtime. Robertson firing on all cylinders. Ottinger was Ottinger again. Capital letters, why not us? Hey, I agree. Uh, why not us? I mean, it's going to be an uphill battle, but you know what? One game at a time and Nick Maroc. And for all you guys wondering who Nick is, he is the bang guy. And he says, I'm going to Vegas. So you will see a bang sign on Saturday night in Las Vegas. I do think it's funny that Nick always tweets out a picture of his suitcase and the bang sign is like attached to the suitcase. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty good. So, Thanks for uh, listening, Nick. We appreciate you. Okay, final question. Mike Tyson in the building tonight. Ric Flair in the building tonight. Did you get to see Iron Mike or the Nature Boy? Did you spend quality time with either, Sean? No, I did not. I did I did see. I did, and I tweeted this out. As I was walking away from the locker room today, I witnessed firsthand a Luke Glendening, Tony Romo interaction. Really? Where, uh, yes. Where, where Tony was, who, uh, had a couple, uh, had a couple of adult beverages probably was, uh, sure. was giving, uh, was giving what I would describe as a pep talk to Luke Glendening about how it, now it's, uh, it's a series of one game series that you have to win and then you get it done. So, uh, Tony Romo in the building <laughs> and, uh, and Tony, uh, Tony doing his part to uh, try and motivate, I guess. <laughs> so. How great would it have been if you walked out of the locker room and Tony Romo is leaning down and say, okay, I think you can win more draws if you do this. <laughs> <laughs> that <would've> been... <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. The book is called we win here. And Sean sold some copies the other day. Uh, I check my mailbox every day, folks. I don't see any kickbacks as of yet. <laughs> so that means you guys have to buy more books. But uh, I do say that because we love supporting Sean and the cause. Uh, Texas Stars, unfortunately, out of the playoffs. However, there's some great Texas Star story, including a story about your goaltender, Jake Ottinger, and how um, the Jack Campbell saga, uh, which uh, the Dallas Stars dealt with, and, uh, you know, who has a really good story about Jack Campbell is, uh, you know, Frank Provenzano, the former assistant general yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah. So he told me a great story. We'll have Frank on spits and such, Sean, but so he's in the room draft night and he's like, all right, this is great. Cam Fowler's dropping Cam Fowler's dropping. And then all of a sudden someone in the room starts out, we need Jack Campbell. And they dra- and Frank's like, what's going on? We should have taken Cam Fowler. The very <laughs> next pick, Cam Fowler's taken by the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, unfortunate. But those kinds of stories like that are in the book that Sean features. It's called We Win Here. You can find it on Amazon, I guess. Uh, yep. Sean, that's a good place to find it. Yeah, a website. We've got a uh, if you go to wewinhere.com, we've got that uh we bought that URL for to make it easy for people. So just okay. go right there. So <laughs> nice, absolutely. And if Sean won't autograph your copy, I will autograph it, Sean Shapiro. Yeah. Yep, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it. He's gotta get to bed. Um, and so do I. 
You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's one of my favorite parts of this podcast. Sean, you're an absolute beast. Thank you for going in the room tonight, giving Stars fans the insight you do. It's always fun, man. And that's uh, each Stars win, we get to know another one. I mean, we'll, we'll keep doing these after, but we get to keep doing game-related ones. And it's uh, there's still one of three teams left still playing, so embrace it. And obviously, I mean... We all know that it's unlikely for Vegas to lose four in a row, but you got to do it one at a time and you never know. So let's see what happens. Does your wife know me by first name and does she snarl when you mention my name? Because <laughs> I am spending so much time with you at night. No, she is. Uh, she's already asleep. So it's okay. okay. Right. Good, 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 good. Yeah. yeah. She, right, she, cool. she and the dogs have typically passed out already by the time we hop on doing this. So. Uh, so. All right. That's, that's quality. That's quality. All right, guys, for Sean Shapiro, I'm Gavin Spittle. Thank you so much for listening and supporting subscribe, pass it on to your friends. Guess what guys, we're going to Vegas for another game and we will be with you Saturday night for the post game. It's spits and suds right here on 105.3 The Fan.